0: My name is Andrew Dupeval and you're watching the Jam interview.
1: As always, the first question is what's your story? Oh man. Yeah. <laughs> My story. Um So, I'm
0: a I'm a Lynn resident. Uh moved to Lynn when I was about age 6 or age 7, whatever it was. I think it was age 6. Um been there my whole life, went through all public schools, um, was very, uh, I want to say like a, definitely like I said last time, like a good kid in the Mass City. I say this because I always had one foot in and one foot out. Sometimes I was being a rebel, sometimes I was being a very good kid, very sweet, very nice and charming, but at the same time I was doing certain things, and it was obviously the certain crowds I was hanging with, Yeah, like every kid. Um, influence, you know what I mean? Um, That stuck with me all the way through high school. High school, I think the rebel side took over. Yeah. (laughs) Especially, like, once I entered, I was like, word, okay, I'm in high school. Ain't nobody telling me nothing. So the rebel side took over. Um, But one thing, a teacher forced me to read. Well, he forced me to do a project, and I chose to, you had to choose a book, and I chose Malcolm X's book because he said he read it and he liked it. Um, He was a Caucasian male, but he was very, at least at that moment, he was unbiased, but made me read it. I read the book, Malcolm X, realized Malcolm X was definitely a rebel, but then switched. I was like, whoa, it's possible. And that was sophomore year, and I knew that I wanted to be more than whatever society offered. So I definitely kind of switched things around and started reading more, started looking online more to say, what can I do as a career? What can I do to better myself and be something in my community and escape my community? I honestly didn't even want to help the community. I was like, Yo, I'm out and I'm not looking back. So read the book, grew junior year, senior year of high school, got better grades, switched my persona around, still hanging out with my friends, of course, and still doing rebelist things some of the times or having fun really i mean that's what we call it but um all the teachers and the faculty and the principal they all switched their perspective of me they were like word he is intelligent but he just does dumb things mm-hmm. graduated gone into salem state once i graduated i was like yo i'm not gonna be fighting between the rebel side and the and the 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 good side or whatever you want to call it the more educated, the more serious, the more mature. I said, I'm just gonna stick with the mature side. I'm not gonna be immature. Of course, I have my days like everybody does. I'm not gonna block that out, cause we're humans. Yeah. But I have been more mature, sometimes too mature for my peers. <laughs> but it's gotten me a long way. I'll never, I, I don't think I would ever wanna do anything different. So now I'm at the point where I'm learning to be that mature role model to not escape my community but to actually influence my community now so i'm learning how to take everything i've learned and grasped from salem and college and being a man so i can help the other kids who are in my position or gonna be in my position so that they don't even have to be a rebel and have that opportunity to choose which one they're gonna be i just want them to be good from the jump
1: right
0: you know what i mean so th- that's my story i guess
1: okay all right, well, what uh, what are you doing to affect your community now?
0: Damn, right now, to to really affect my community, I'm networking. You, um, actually, before, yeah, definitely networking. That's one key part of it. So just continuing to know who are the people that want to stay in the community and help it as well. Who wants to be side-by-side side with me helping the community in terms of economic stability, increasing human capital, and getting that generational wealth, right? Um, I wanna make sure I partner up with them and and that I learn from them. The second part of it, because I'm so young, because I'm um, a little bit inexperienced in life and the world, I need, in order to really affect my community, I need to be a better person. I need to be a better leader, a better CEO, a better role model, a better mentor, which means that I need to learn from other mentors and other leaders, and if they're not in my community, at least seek, from, seek them from other communities, learn from them, bring it back. Um, so I guess the main priority right now to really affect my community is to be better, grow, self-development, um, become more aware, become more mature, um, and hone in on my crafts. And I think once I'm able to really do that at another level, I can easily affect the community and influence them better. And even while I'm doing that, I guess that's already influencing my community to wanna join the journey with me, yeah and do what they want like to do
1: yeah yeah absolutely yeah those are those are good first steps um yeah, going back to the like the mentoring thing like uh looking at how other mentors uh you know develop their skills or whatever uh you can most definitely look at the bad ones too, and yeah learn <laughs> from that as well, so you don't always have to look at the good ones but you can learn from the bad ones because then you'll know what not to do that's totally true yeah so uh what what kind of challenges are you facing right now
0: um i'll say mentorship be <laughs> mm-hmm.
1: well, for you for, you, you, for mentorship uh is for you receiving mentorship yourself is that yes
0: right?
1: Right. um i mean
0: i mean not to not to My dad was great. You know what I mean? Just having a dad was always great. And it's hard to talk about that because all my friends don't have a dad. You know what I mean? So it's like, man, how am I going to talk about how the relationship, the the negatives that I got from the relationship when just him being there provided so many blessings and positives? Mm -hmm. I shouldn't even be worried about the negatives. Only thing I could say is that we just don't communicate. So I don't have a very, um, I don't have experience communicating with other men and asking them for help or asking them um, for advice or telling them my issues or my problems. So that's been posing a problem now, especially as a business owner, because if you're a business owner, you got to have mentors and you got to have advisors. And it's been hard for me to really kind of take advice from others because to really turn into the man I am today, I've kind of had to tell myself, like, yo, this is what a man's supposed to do, this is what a man's supposed to be, without asking my father. Like my father ain't tell me nothing about girls, didn't tell me nothing about driving, they tell me nothing about playing sports, didn't tell me nothing about school, none of that money, none of it. So I've not to say he wasn't a good example of it though. Right. So that's already enough yeah. visually. Yeah. So I'm blessed with that. It's just now I need to know how to ask. Maybe I should start asking him, honestly. Yeah. That would help me. Um, but the the second challenge, and this is why I need a mentor, right? Mm-hmm. Time management, self-discipline, um, consistency, and pacing myself. Those are, like, the four main things I need to fix to really get to that next level. Um, so time management. I need to know how to really manage my time, my schedule, so that – one, I wake up early, bang out a whole lot of things in that quiet time by myself, bang it out all the tedious stuff, all the work. Middle of the day, network with people, connect with people, um, and just move around in the city, experience through different events, experience life. At the night time, relax, chill, meditate, hone in on what I did for that day. Um, the next one was self-discipline. I need to know what's good for me, what's bad for me, and stay with what's good for me. It's kind of like the rebel in the good side, knowing not to step in that rebel side at all, no matter how tempting it might be. There's a lot of temptations in America. I need to be self-disciplined to stay away from those temptations. I think the third one I said was um, self-discipline. Um, and what was the third one? <laughs> all right, I'll, go, I'll jump to the fourth one, which was pacing myself, right? I need to learn how to pace myself um i just run tunnel vision everybody knows i got tunnel vision yeah. i see something i'm chasing right at it what happens is i forget everything that's happening in the present because i'm so tunnel vision i forget what's happening in the side so i need to learn how to just pace myself and know that whatever i'm chasing will eventually come one day you know what i mean um as long as i stay oh the the third one was consistency <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> which is pacing myself as long as i stay consistent and really Just take a chip of it, right? That's what people tell me. You got a big iceberg, you just chip at it, chip at it. But you don't try to chip the whole thing. My mom tells me this. I love my mom. My mom has definitely been the mentor to my life, man. One day she told me, she was like, listen, this is both pacing yourself and consistency. She said, listen, you can't, when you're walking, you can't take two steps at once. (laughs) You can only take one step. If you take two steps, you're jumping. You ain't walking. Yeah. So I need to be consistent with taking one step because in the past, and this is how I failed at certain things that I've took on. I try to do that jump to get ahead and I would crash. You would, I would fall. I would trip from jumping. And when I fall, I can't take one step. Yeah. I got to stop completely. Yeah. That's not consistency. Yeah. If I just took one step, I would be consistently chipping at it. So... Those are the four things that I definitely need to work on. I've been focused on that every day for like the past three, four months now, and beating myself up for it. But I know, I know, I'm young, and I know that it's a blessing to even be aware of those things.
1: Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Self awareness is the first step. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So most definitely, uh, that's dope though. That you, yeah, you recognize that and you're working on it. You're actively working on it. That's yeah, so that's really the best thing that you can do. Um, <laughs> going back to the point where he's uh, like, yeah, I need I need to talk to my dad about, <laughs> like, being a mentor or whatever. Like, yeah, it's like, I feel like, uh, you know, as children of our parents, we don't have in-depth conversations about stuff like that. At all. Yeah, so I think most definitely, yeah, you should most definitely have that conversation with your father or your mom or both, you know, at the same time, so. And you never know what kind of knowledge that they have, you know, yeah. they, they've, I, I don't know how old they are, but they most definitely doubled here. <laughs> have, have, have double yeah. life experience Triple. from your, from your, <laughs> you know, from you. So it's most definitely uh, a conversation that's that is needed. I agree. In every, in every household. I agree, man. And
0: not everybody gets that opportunity to, to talk to their parents and learn from them. So, I need to take advantage of it while I have it, mm-hmm. before it's too late. Yeah,
1: absolutely. Um, so what's like what's what's going on that's uh, positive right now?
0: Positive, mm-hmm. positive. Um, I'm graduating, yeah. so that's definitely a positive. My next, the next chapter of my life is is arising. Oh, it's already here. You know what I mean? Um, and why that's so much of a positive is because now I I feel like. While I was in school, it was so hard to fix all those flaws and so hard to focus in and be more self-aware because yeah. you got deadlines. Right. ain't got no time to be worrying about what? Will, what, what why am I not where I want to be? Right. You only got time to be researching this assignment and yeah. accomplishing it. Yeah. But now that that's over, um, what's positive is I get to choose what I learn. I get to choose what's going to benefit me. I get to master my craft. Um, and I also get to really be a better friend. You know what I mean? Like, I think being at school, at the end of it, all my friends came back and it made me realize, damn, I've been a bad friend for like three to three and a half years, man. (laughs) (laughs) Like, damn, it's time to be a better friend, being in their lives and slowing down on that tunnel vision. You know what I mean? That's the positive. Another thing I'm aware, like we talked about, that's another positive, um, Another positive is that I'm alive, man. That's probably the first positive. And that's, I mean, that's more relevant now with what's going, what, what just happened. I don't even want to talk about that, but just being alive is definitely a great positive that should make me happy and will make me happy every single day that I wake up. And I'm healthy. I ain't got no diseases, yeah. um, God God willing. I ain't got none of that. Um, so I'm, I'm very in a great place right now, a positive place. And I have a lot of great people around me, too, that love me and support me, want to check up on me, want to make sure that I'm happy, like, seeing what people do. You know what I mean? It's like, damn, man, y'all really care. Like, for you to, you know what I mean? You only have three days, mm-hmm. and I bet you there's tons of people that are like, yo, Jamal, let's yeah. catch up, let's do this, let's do this, you in town. And I'm one of them. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like, that's that feels good, man, honestly, that feels good.
1: <laughs> I appreciate that I appreciate you my brother thank you uh yeah I most definitely had a converse, had conversations uh with people uh, about those that we lost and I think most definitely we should we should be living for for those that can't have the experiences or are not able to have the experiences that we have so I think most definitely we should take advantage of every opportunity that we have so I mean that's that's the best advice that I can give to you moving forward, yeah do it for them, yeah, do it for them yeah so um what do you what do you have like what are you looking for what what are you looking forward to in the future
0: mm. um, at least for this summer, I'm really looking forward to like I said um. Definitely with my friends. I really want to spend a lot of time with my friends and create more experiences, um, more memories. Because high school was very memorable when it was just only friends. Yeah. <laughs> and I was, yeah. That was, was probably one of the funnest times I ever had in my entire life was high school, yeah. being that rebel, because all you cared about was the next memory you could create with yeah. your friends. How are you going to top this one today? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Um, you can't do that too much in college. At least you you could.
1: Yeah, you can. Yeah.
0: But I said, yo, if I'm gonna, I did this all in high school. Now I'm not doing this again in college. I'm going to college. I'm maximizing all the, the opportunities of knowledge and all that sort of stuff. And I did that. I've grown, and I've, not to toot my own horn. I think I've exceeded my age, in terms of wisdom, by connecting with all these teachers and older folks and listening. So now it's time to slow down and enjoy life. Now take advantage that I've gone a little bit um, advanced with my knowledge and my awareness and slow down. There's no need to rush to be the smartest or whatever because there's not even a such thing. Everybody's smart. So um, for the future, I'm really looking forward to just slowing down. I'm looking forward to growing, um, growing my mind, myself, and being a better person, a good person, a good human. And also um, honing in, mastering my craft. Like, I really, one thing that I keep thinking about every single day is like, damn, all right. So if I keep at it, keep chipping away at the iceberg, eventually the whole thing will finally crumble. There will be no more. Mm -hmm. And I'll be a master of my craft. Hopefully that will be financial literacy and just, Mm -hmm. I mean, I don't care about the money. To me, money is like a game. It's like a, it's a puzzle. And it's like, how can I get? how can I increase this number? That's all it is. Cause when you look at your bank account, it's just numbers. It's not even money. It's not mm-hmm. tangible. Mm-hmm. So it's like, how, what can I do to increase that? Um, so just mastering that and mastering just how the whole economic system works, how the whole financial system works. Um, I really look forward to being that master because people would, very much need my help. And I know I'll be able to fix a lot of people's lives. Like, people really hate their lives for the whole for their whole life. They hate their life because of money. Just because they don't have enough of it. Mm-hmm. Just because they're not making more of it. Whatever it may be, they don't know how it, how it works. They can't pass it down to their kids. They can't provide the American life to their kids. Mm-hmm. They can't make their kids happy in that moment. Money is very serious, and for me to have the ability to be like, man, money ain't nothing. Right. Like, yeah. I think that makes me happy. So I look forward to in the future once I finally master it and hopefully accumulate um, a good enough mass of it that I can give back to the people who are hurt by it. Mm-hmm. I, I look forward to that. I think that that's my that's my only large milestone. Man, is. Amassing that large amount of money and the knowledge of money, and giving that back to where it belongs.
1: Why do you why do you think that people are mad at money, basically, like or like they're just not satisfied? Um,
0: J. Cole, J. Cole is very. I like J. Cole. He's very spiritual, um, spiritual, religious however you want to label it. um, Either way, you're going to find the same answer that money is um, one of those things that you'll never get enough of. Um, Money, knowledge, interestingly enough, love. Yeah, absolutely. (laughs) But people with money, countries, countries run on money. They operate in money. I, I don't even think like racism is as strong as we think it is. I think overall it's just money. and, race is a big factor that's embedded in the whole system. Like I think it's the capital, capitalistic system that is ruining America, or at least um, affecting the, the, the minorities and affecting the, the people at the bottom. Mm-hmm. It's the capitalistic system embedded in that system is racism, prejudice, genderism, all the isms yeah. Um, yeah. to make sure that they stay at the bottom. And the people at the top, they ain't worried about none of that stuff. Plus they all they all are the same community. It's one percent. The likelihood of them being the same as the next person is very likely. <laughs> yeah. And they're comfortable with that. Um, but I think people so that's money and that's how the America uses it to make the low income or the the people at the bottom hate money because they're like, damn. Why am I not like these people? Another thing is actually TV, media, right? America is the best. I I learned this from Akon. He said America is the best. um, It's not the best company, but it is the best um, marketing or the best marketing entity. So America is very good at marketing its country. It's Mm -hmm. the best at doing that. And it markets it as, as the best country ever. Yeah. It gets all the immigrants to be like, yo, this is the only land of opportunity. Mm-hmm. They come here, they recognize, damn, everything they've been marketing, they didn't market the bad side. <laughs>
1: yeah, yeah. But why would they, though? Why would you? Yeah. <laughs> it's like, you, you you know, you're trying to recruit somebody to work for your company. Mm-hmm. Like, I'm not going to talk about that, We know,
0: we have that
1: company <laughs> culture here. It's like, I'm not going to talk about that, uh... Your supervisor is uh, is not really engaged in their work. Like, why would, why would we want that? We want to hire you so you can make it better. Yes. Yeah. So. Salem State does that, unfortunately.
0: Yeah. They market the good. But when you enter it, then they continue to market the rich lifestyle. Because yeah. it doesn't stop with just the overall America. Once you enter it, as a kid, all my life, I shared a room with my sister till I was about 14. So she always controlled the TV while I would get beat up. <laughs> so when she controlled the TV, my sister, I don't want to talk about her business, but she, um, she, she's had a tough life. So she's always wanted more. So on TV, it was always an escape, like everybody uses TV for, it's an escape. The problem was, she was escaping to the 1%. MTV, VH1. What were they showing? MTV cribs, the rap, the music videos. They were showing the the lives of the wealthy. What I don't know what those shows were mm-hmm. called. And here I am just taking it all in like it's normal. Like word, this is normal stuff. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah, you could buy three houses, that's normal. You could buy all these cars, that's normal. Jewelry, that's normal. All yeah. of it's normal.
1: Yeah.
0: I grew up, I recognize that. That's why people hate their current lives, because if it's not matching to what they're seeing eight hours a day or five hours a day, then they're like, damn. dog. Every time I, I turn off the TV, all that stuff that's in my head is not there. Where's, where's it at? Right. Yeah. And nobody else has it. I yeah. step outside. No one has it. Yeah. You feel depressed and you feel like you're the one that's messing up and that you're missing out on something. It goes back to what J. Cole was saying, you never have enough. If you're chasing that, you're never going to have enough. Mm-hmm. So I think that's why people ultimately hate money or feel like they're missing out or just, I don't know. We, we got to fix that. We got to stop promoting money as, like, the solution to problems because it's not.
1: Absolutely not. Absolutely not. What um, how, how do you think people can, like, change it, like, change their attitudes um
0: talking he, i was talking yesterday with my friend um we, we were texting while i was at work and he told me um I forgot how we um got to the subject he's very he's religious um i love people like that around me spiritual religious because i think that's that's like that's how you kind of break the fluff the materialism and you break Kind of like the stuff that humans created, man-made stuff. I try to stay away from. Of course, I'll enjoy it because I like what the brain can create. I think we are meant to be on this earth to create. There's nothing wrong with that. Um, but we have created a system. We have created too many, too many, too much fluff, right? America, especially They're the land of creating nonsense, right? The whole economic system is nonsense. Regardless of that, my friend was telling me um, that. Uh, When you love, there will be no greed, no envy. I can't forget the last one. Whatever it was, but something's on the line of greed and envy. Um, uh, Hopefully it'll come to me. But uh, I think that's how we fix it, right? Because when he said that, I was like, whoa. So if we just loved, there would be no need for greed. I I was telling him about how how the financial crisis happened, right? And how greedy these banks were and yeah. investors were. Yeah. Because it was it wasn't the house, the housing market.
1: Yeah.
0: It was the fact that they they wanted more money than they had currently
1: available. Yeah, so they manipulated the rules of the system so yes. they can make more money. Yes. The banks said Yeah, it. it affected everybody else.
0: Everybody who didn't know about what was being created. Right. The banks, like you said, they manipulated and created to make more money. like, So he was telling me, um, if we just love, there would be no greed. The banks don't love humans. They love money. Yeah. But you can't love money because money is a man-made creation. I think you could love another person. I think you could love the moment, the experience. I think you could love those things and what's already on earth. Mm-hmm. I think you could love that truly and nothing bad really comes from that. Things that are man-made, created, it's biased. Of course you're going to love it, but the person that doesn't put any value to that is not going to love it as much. Um, But that's obviously maybe a little bit subjective, but I think how to fix this issue is really through love. If we truly love each other, we wouldn't be greedy and try to tick, 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 tick and hold it, and you ain't getting none. And envy. We wouldn't be mad at somebody who worked hard for something be like, yo, man, he don't deserve that. She don't deserve that. Why they got that? I'm about to take it. Right. I'm not going to work for it. I'm going to take it. And how do you take? Through force. So I think if if to really fix all these issues, we got to love. But my friend, he's religious. He's Jehovah's Witness. He doesn't think... <laughs> He thinks humans are doomed, right? Because that's like how Jehovah's Witness work. They they believe that, um, not to bring religion to all this. I'm I'm neutral, so I don't yeah. pick a side, anyways. But, um, he believes that we're all doomed, and that um, humans. He said one of the things he always tells me, man can't lead other men. Now, I got into an argument with this about somebody who, uh, with somebody who knows more politics than me, and um, he was like, well. Iron sharpens iron, and those both those quotes are in the Bible. Of course, it was sharpened iron, but at the end of the day, a man, every man on this earth has biases. I talked yeah. about my four biases, my four flaws. Every single man and woman, of course, on this earth, has something wrong. Yeah. Absolutely. So how can you lead another person to perfection if you're not perfect? Right. <laughs> <laughs> you know what yeah, I mean? Yeah. So it's like. You can do it for the short term, but for the long term, I don't think it would last because eventually you're gonna lead them to your imperfections as well.
1: Mm-hmm. Yep.
0: And I think if we can, like, I and I'm saying this because that's why he doesn't believe we can we could actually all love and fix these issues. Yeah. Because we're just so imperfect, and we sin all the time. <laughs> I'm to sin. Right,
1: <laughs> born center, yeah, absolutely. Uh, <laughs> I think I, w- I want to go back to the uh, that point about bankers, and you can in- indulge in this in this uh, this hypothesis. Um, would you think that banks could love? Well, <laughs> they can still have a focus on money,
0: mm-hmm.
1: but I. Th- but do you think that they could? love the investments or love the the things that other people are trying to do like like trying to start businesses or whatever it is uh love what their customers are doing instead of Mm. loving the money that is potentially being made
0: I think they could, I think they easily could, and if you do that, you'll get more money, maybe not immediate, and that's maybe that's a problem I think um I mean that's that's what I'm hoping to do with my company right is to invest in the people and love what the people want and the ideas that they have with that is eventually when you get big, similar to like what the, one of the trustees told me, you gotta pay the light bills. You can love all you want. You can want to be for the people. But corporate America puts the light bill first. They ain't losing no lights for nobody. That's why they haven't, fi- that's why there has been no reparations. Because if to give reparations means you got to take from the rich to give to the poor, which means you're sacrificing how far the rich can take America to slow it down a little bit to fix these little things. And then we go back to making America the best country, supposedly. Mm-hmm. And corporate America doesn't want to do that. And All the banks are corporate America. That's why I had to leave Eastern Bank. I'm at Eastern Bank, and I'm saying, yo, Eastern Bank is for the people, compared to other banks, of course. Um, they they hire more minorities. They're more um, conscious of different issues, um, social issues. They're, they like to take advice from the people, and they're mutually funded. I don't know exactly what that means. I just know that, the people run the company, whatever mutually funded, whatever exactly means. Compared to the other banks that are public and you can buy their stock, like the big banks actually. Um, and with Eastern Bank, while I'm there, they're they're they want to help customers, right? But if the bank isn't producing enough sales, and they're not growing their sales, mm-hmm. there's an issue.
1: Yeah.
0: I don't care if. You're in a demographic of Lynn where a lot of folks can't sustain a checking account because they're going through they're going through overdraft to overdraft to overdraft every single day. Get that checking account. Don't tell like I'm sitting there, me, cause I'm too I'm too conscious. I'm like telling I'm literally telling people that are in front of me. Yeah, man, the banks love overdraft. In front of my manager because she already knows who I am, mm-hmm. and she's a minority. She know the deal. Yeah, yeah. yeah. We've been talked about minority issues because wherever I go, it's going to pop up eventually. She knows the deal. She's a minority herself. She's been through her own struggles. And I'm sitting here telling my customer, yeah, man, banks, they love overdraft. That's how they make their money. <laughs> So the more you overdraft, the more they're gonna do it. And I'm looking at the history of her over, of the customers overdrafts. I'm like, damn, man, they got you. Right. I'm being upfront to be comfortable. I want the the customer to be cool with me. Right. The customer's like, yeah, you see, they put me in overdraft so they can charge me another overdraft fee. Because if I got if I if I'm already at zero balance. What makes you think I'm gonna be able to pay the thirty-five? And then right. you drop me thirty-five. Right. Now I gotta find thirty-five to pay that, which is already hard enough. Now you're gonna draw me another thirty-five. So total like, yo, this is what they do. The manage my manager didn't like that. Um and just to I said all this to really show you that. As much as, like, we want to be for the customer, right? Everybody needs a checking account, of course. Everybody needs a loan. Everybody needs a mortgage. Everybody needs those things, at least in their circumstances, like the average consumer. But there's, it's when do they need it and how much knowledge do they have to actually utilize it the right way and leverage the bank. The bank is not supposed to be leveraging us to make more money. We're supposed to be leveraging the bank to make more money and protect us, protect our money. You're right. But the bank is like, nah. The bank is a company that has investors, board of directors, and an interest to make more money. It's a for-profit business. I ain't never met a non-profit bank. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> you know yeah. what I mean? <laughs> <laughs> I, I, don't, I don't think banks would ever favor the people. But I'm hoping I can create something that would favor the people financially. I'm afraid of the day. Every single day that I think, I'm like, damn, right now it's easy to help the people and so impactful i'm afraid of the day when i scale it so much that my managers that i microman or my managers that i manage that actually do a lot of the work for the different branches or whatever and do the operations and i'm managing them i'm afraid they're gonna have to sacrifice on community to make me happy as a ceo because if i'm like yo why is the why why are you slacking compared to this manager that man's just gonna be like, oh, uh, uh, all right, I'm gonna fix it, mm-hmm. and they gonna cut on on the the community, and you know what I mean. So I'm hoping I can always stay conscious and get and scale my business while still being for the people first. I don't know if it's possible in America, but I, I'm gonna try my best, man.
1: Yeah, yeah, that sounds like a hard hard balance. It is it's like capitalistic society. <laughs> that's. That, that's it's going to be a challenge, but very, uh, I have faith in you. Thank you. I think that you can do it. Thank you, man. Uh, well, you know, it's been a pleasure. Definitely has been, um, great conversation as always. Uh, you want to make any shout outs?
0: Um, shout out to everybody in Lynn shout out to the 2018 graduates. Um, it's been a long journey. Um, a lot of leaders. I've seen a lot of leaders gra- that that were in Salem that are graduating in my class. Leaders that I was inspired by. Uh, I'm talking about most. Uh, I'm talking about all the minorities. Honestly, you know, I don't really know too many other leaders outside of minority race. So I want to say shout out to all the minority leaders on campus that inspired me and inspired so many more and inspired the faculty and the school and showed me it's okay to continue this fight. Wherever you go, you gotta continue the fight. Um so shout out to y'all. Shout out to definitely my team at Entree Dupe. Always got love for y'all. You guys give me a lot of support and have pushed me to be a better person. Um so and then and shout out to everybody that love me. Shout out to shout out to everybody, man. Honestly, I ain't even gonna lie. Shout out to everybody, the human race. <laughs> you know what I mean? We everybody
1: deserves a shout out, so. bless up. <laughs> All right, where uh, where can people find you on the internet? Uh,
0: I, I cut off all my personal um, social medias because social media is a very big distraction and it's fake. So if you're listening, consider um, your social media accounts. What are you actually getting out of that? What value are you getting out of that? What is it doing for your growth and your success? You can follow me at EntreDupe.com.
1: <laughs> you, um,
0: you can follow me at EntreDupe.com and then at EntreDupe at Instagram, Snapchat, YouTube, um, Twitter, definitely Instagram. Just go on Instagram, follow us at EntreDupe. Um, that's my business and we post a lot of financial content. So if you want to learn financial literacy, where we're posting more content. We do have live webinars. Um, and we also do workshops in the North Shore, Massachusetts area. Uh, so check our website out. We're gonna have a lot more materials that would teach you how to be more financially literate, teach you about wealth creation, also connect you to the better resources of people and companies that can teach you a little bit more in depth about these financial um, these financial uh, uh, avenues and and all that sort of stuff um and also you're going to learn a little bit about entrepreneurship. We we love entrepreneurship. We encourage small businesses to start and we encourage minorities to start small businesses in their community and be the change that we see. We want to make sure the no I don't want to go on the rant but no, the <laughs> there's, there's a dude um Jay Morrison um I'm going to give him a shout out um, actually been really closely watching him for like the past month. Jay Morrison, he's a real estate, he came from the hood. Um he sold drugs obviously. Um made money off selling drugs. Got a mentor who was in real estate and switched. He was like, All right, "I'm done with this. I'm going to real estate." And he bodied real estate. So he calls he calls himself Mr. Real Estate. You can follow him on every everything. He's a very successful million-dollar man. Um built a million-dollar real estate fund said all this to say that he is making sure Atlanta, his community, has all black businesses, all black um, investors. He has an academy that teaches um, minorities to invest in real estate and then body real estate if they want to choose that path. So he made a Tulsa real estate fund. That Tulsa real estate fund is to Um, to really... I'm giving him a very great um, advertisement. But he, he really... He made the Tulsa real estate to symbolize Tulsa. If you guys don't know what Tulsa is, that's the black Wall Street that was burnt down. So he made sure to build a real estate fund that would buy back the properties in his community and make sure that he's a part of the gentrification that's inevitable in all communities. So for all of us that's living in Massachusetts, yes, gentrification's coming. It's inevitable. We got to let it happen, right? But we got to make sure we are part of it. The best way to be a part of it is by buying those properties and then renovating them and bringing it up to scale that gentrification was going to do anyways. So... Let's let's learn how to do that. And let's do it. And let's build a community. The whole street, all black businesses. And I ain't talking about barbershops and restaurants. I'm talking about a bank. I'm talking about a school. I'm talking about um, a driving school. I'm talking about maybe a fighting gym, a barbershop, of course, a restaurant, of course, a day school. I want to see um, some financial coaching. I want to see uh Everything, oh, Black YMCA, all of that, Black sports, everything, man. I want to see everything just in that one block, that one neighborhood. You know what I mean? Um, so let's make that happen. Absolutely. Well,
1: thank you very much.
0: Thank you. Yeah. Thank you. A lot of gems. <laughs> <laughs> I, um, hopefully it didn't go over everybody's
1: head, man. Hey, man. It bad hey, jump. You speak. You speak. You speak the knowledge, man. People just gotta act on it. I agree. Same for me.
0: I got to execute as well. Yeah. All right, sir. Thank you. No problem. (laughs) Make sure you keep jamming, everybody.